Stephen L. Sears sat down and started writing his own showcase audition script, something that wasn't done at the time. Before too long, his scripts were no longer his own. And what you were doing was what so many young actors were afraid to do. And one of the things that uh, a lot of artists have when they're trying to take their art into a business is that they try to think... Um, in terms of what are absolutes in the business. There's gotta be a set of rules. And part of it is you get sides from established series or plays and you do that, that's one of the rules. The thing is, is that this business was not really built on rules. It kind of fell together and it's still falling together. There was no committee that got together and said, this is how you do it. So I was too stupid to know that there were rules. So I started writing up these scenes and we were using them in class. Um, then I discovered that some of the actors in the class also were taking other classes elsewhere and they were using the scenes there, which I was incredibly really? flattered. It was, you know, it was very flattering for me. And then I discovered that people were using my scenes in showcases around town. Again, I was just flattered. This was off, this is cool. Yeah. So there was a showcase that I was going to be in uh, with this uh, with this woman. Um, she and I were in class together, another actress. So she and I had signed up for this showcase. Now, back then, the way showcases worked, and I think they still do now, um, a company will rent a space, and then you basically pay this company so that you can come in and do scenes, and there'll be like maybe anywhere to seven or 10 scenes presented that night by different actors. And the idea is that every actor is allowed to invite People. So they're hoping you'll invite industry people so that you get seen by other people's industry people. So you don't know what anybody else is doing. You just know you're seen. So this was a, um, a showcase with seven different scenes. The night that we showed up to do it, you know, they hand out the little sheet that says, here's the, um, here's the scenes and the order that they're in. Five of them were written by me and I didn't know it. I only knew about mm -hmm. the one I had written. So went through the scenes. Afterwards, I was talking to a casting director named Harriet Helberg. And Harriet was casting Benson, a uh, series at the time. And she asked me, she said, are you the same Stephen Sears who wrote all these scenes? And I said, yes. And she said, you should really think about writing. And I said, I, you know, I can't write. That's, that's a lot of typing. That's, I can't do that. That's no, that's not me. And she goes, well, you, you should think about it. You've got something. And I went, oh, okay, thanks, right, fine. So um, when I went home that night, I uh, pulled out a script that I had, um, in effect, I had stolen from the studio. And I read through it. And very naively, I thought to myself, well, this is like a whole bunch of little three-page scenes, except there's an over, there's an arc, and there's, you know, whatever. So I'm going to try and write it. I'm going to write a script for the fun of it. So as I've told people many times, because this was the first time I wrote a script, um, in two nights, I wrote um, what has been recognized is absolutely the worst script that's ever been written in the history of humanity. It sucked. I've reread it. It absolutely sucked. <laughs> However, I loved it because I was all the characters. I could do all the setups. I really loved doing it. And I thought to myself, well, I got to do this again. 
So at that point, I started getting scripts and breaking them down to try to figure out how they worked. Once again, not to become a writer, just to have fun. Right. Now, let's go back to the restaurant with Bert Pearl. I told Bert that I was doing this, and Bert was like, that sounds like fun. So Bert and I started writing scripts just for the fun of it. Absolutely just for the fun of it. No intentions of going anywhere with it. So Bert and I were writing little spec scripts together. Um, and for those who don't know, a spec script is a script you write basically to show your ability to write. And you would submit a spec script to a production office that was producing a TV show. And they would read it and say, oh, these people have talent or they don't. Maybe it we'll call them in for It wasn't really to sell the script. It was to show no. your talent. No, spec scripts for television are not sold to television. Um, they're just scripts to show your talent. But you would write... For example, if you wanted to get a job on, uh, or if you were going to submit to a show, a detective show, you wouldn't send them the script that you had written for their show. You would send them another detective show script. So in my case, uh, Bert and I case, um, we had written a Simon and Simon detective series script, uh, a Magnum PI. Um, we had done, because um, you and I had also uh, played around with a heart to heart script at one time. I right. remember that. And so Bert and I did, never did a heart to heart script. So we didn't submit that one. Um, somewhere I still had that one that you and I, I played around with. I know it, it involved the space shuttle. I remember that. So anyway. If those ever show up, I will deny it. <laughs> uh, oh, it's too bad I was going to hire you. During all of this, I was also calling the production offices to ask them for writer's guides. And a writer's guide is basically the guide that they give to new writers to catch them up to speed. You know, what episodes have already been done, what the sets look like, the backgrounds on the characters. It's so that a freelance writer, somebody who's not working on staff, can come in and write a script. So this was one of those areas that I didn't know the rules. Um, the rule at that time was you never call a production office. They'll just hang up on you. You'll, you'll ruin your career. You'll be known as an irritant. Well, I didn't know that. So I would call. Now, many of the shows had writer's guides and you know, some of them were happy to send them. Others were like, no, we don't send those out. And I was fine with that. All right, so we're flashing forward a little, little further. There was a new show on the air called Riptide. Riptide was a Stephen J. Cannell production. Stephen J. Cannell had co-created The Rockford Files and Greatest American Hero. Um, he and Frank Lupo created The A-Team and Riptide was one of their hit shows. And I was going to say, at that time, Stephen Cannell was the man. Oh, his, his production office was the boutique production office at that time. He had like, when we only had three networks, uh, he had four, I think four shows in the top 10. That was incredible. Yeah. So I saw this um, pilot episode. And it was about three detectives who live on a boat. Um, two of them big hunks, one of them kind of a geeky guy with a little robot and they solve crimes and hijinks ensue. So I called over to the office and I was put through to this woman. And I said, um, I asked her, do you have a writer's guide? I told her, I said, you know, my friend and I enjoy writing scripts. So do you have a writer's guide for Riptide? And she said, well, we don't, but did you like the show? Or do you like it? Have you seen it? And I went, oh, absolutely. And then we started talking about not the show. <laughs> we started talking about not the industry. We had a conversation. I told her, I said, oh, yeah, I've only been out here a few years. And well, where are you from? I'm from Florida. Oh, I've got relatives in Florida. What part of Florida? We're literally just having a conversation. She mm -hmm. was very pleasant. So as this went on, 
she eventually asked me, she said, now, do you have your, you and your friend written any scripts? And I said, yeah, we've got a, you know, like four scripts, five scripts that we had written together. And she said, well, I know the producers are looking for freelance writers. So if you have an agent, um, have them submitted me. You never know. I went, oh, thanks. And that was it. And I hung up. So um, there's, there's the rug because I don't think you had an agent at that time. Uh, I kind of because of the guy you and I had talked to. Right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, I didn't get her name. I didn't know who she was and she didn't get my name. So I called the agent that you and I knew and I told him that story and he said, oh, sure, I'll send, I'll send the scripts over. What the heck? Didn't think anything about it. So about a month later, I get a phone call from a guy named Tom Blumquist. And Tom at that time was the story editor for Riptide. And he said, um, yeah, me and the, uh, the producer, exec producer and I, we'd like to talk to you guys. Why don't you come on in? And so Bert and I were like, okay, cool. We'll talk. We love talking to people. This is great. So we went over to the Cannell offices. And at that point, Tom had then like within the phone call and the time we got there, he'd been uh, promoted to producer. And we met him and Babs Grayhowski, who was the executive producer of the show. And um, Babs was, I think, 29 years old. And she was one of two women who were well-established as action-adventure writers in television. That was almost completely unheard of. Um, we met her and we all got along great. Literally just laughing, kidding around, talking about stuff. And then Tom, at one point, he said, um, you guys got any ideas for the series? Now, you know, Bert and I really did just think they wanted to chat. <laughs> I know we were, we were incredibly naive. Steve and Bert may not have understood what was happening. It would be a new career. To find out how that went, tune in to the next episode of Beginnings.